Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome. My name is Brenda McCord, and my husband Walt and I look forward to sharing this time with you each week. But before we jump into today's psalm, I want to tell you a story. Well, actually, it's a confession from my childhood, and maybe you can relate to something that happened in your life as well that's similar. Have you ever wanted something so badly you devised a plot or a scheme in order to get what you wanted? I am guilty. The Troy Fair. My father always had a booth for his business, and so we were at the fair every day. And I would walk around the fairgrounds and look at different things that I wanted to do and rides I wanted to take. Well, one afternoon, I asked my dad for some money. I think actually it was 50 cents. And I asked if I could use that 50 cents to ride the merry-ground. But I actually wanted to play one of those games where you could win a prize and who knows what in the world I thought was going to be the most awesome prize to win. But I thought for sure if I could play this game, I was going to win. Well, I did play the game and I did not win. But now my heart was filled with guilt and I felt ashamed and I had to go to my dad and confess that I had not been truthful. I had plotted and schemed, but you know, I didn't find joy or satisfaction. And to be truthful, each of us is guilty of wanting to get our own way and have control, plotting and scheming. It's actually part of our sinful human nature. Today, we're going to look at the second chapter in the book of Psalms, and I'd like to begin by reading the first three verses. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. And and in this passage, these first three verses, the nations are shaking their fist at the Lord. And it's interesting, the contrast of the nations in an uproar and the people's plotting vain things. Psalm 1 talks about the blessed individual who walks well with the Lord and meditates on his word. And it talks about the cursed individual, the wicked, that will not receive a a reward. But now it moves not just from individuals making a choice to walk well with the Lord and follow his word or rebel against it. Now it's whole nations that are rebelling, that are devising a vain thing. And that reminds me, anytime I plan against God's will, anytime I plan against his plan, it is vain. Mm-hmm. Psalm 2, 2 says this, the, the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and against his anointed. And we'll talk more about the anointed one of the Lord, but these Gentile nations, these peoples, these kings, they have a haughty posture. They take counsel together. And this reminds me, there's numerous examples that we could give of this, but just two. Uh, Genesis 11, on the plains of Shinar, uh, the people began to build a city and a tower to heaven, the Tower of Babylon, which is really a tower of rebellion. And then 
Also in Joshua chapter 11, the king of Hatzor called the kings together and they agreed to fight against Israel. This king of Hatzor is, is, is encouraging others to rebel and, and to go after and harm God's anointed people. And, and then these nations say, let's tear their shackles apart and throw their ropes away from them. And, and it reminds me that um, my sinful, proud heart, when I'm walking in the flesh, wants to break away from God. Um, when I'm walking in the flesh, I don't want God to restrain me or control me. And this reminds me of Psalm 46.6. Um, the nations made an uproar, the kingdoms tottered, he, God, raised his voice, and the earth melted. Yeah, the nations, the people, the earth. And I love, Walt, that you pointed out Psalm 1 was about the individual coming before the Lord as we looked at that last time. And now today we consider more the nations and the people. And here we see in these three verses that they conspire against the Lord, yet we know the Lord sees and hears. So let's read the next three verses. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, but as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. Even as we begin to think of he who sits in the heavens, I, it reminds me of Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah is given a vision of God, and then Isaiah is eventually said, I'll go for you. But the vision of God, he's high and lifted up. He's on his throne. And the angels surrounding him are repeatedly saying, holy holy, holy. That's who they're rebelling against. Mm -hmm. um, but Psalm 58, 59, 8 says, but you, O Lord, you laugh at them. You scoff at the nations. You belittle, you ridicule them. And then in Psalm 2, 5, he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury. And even as you read this, it just reminds me that God is to be feared. Mm -hmm. And who can stand in God's presence when he is angry. And this anger, this enmity, this displeasure, it seems to build. And it starts with anger, but it, it moves to fury. This furiosity, the indignation, the intensity and the passion God raise, rages. And this second phrase seems to amplify the first phrase, speaking in anger, terrifying in his, in his fury. Uh, and this is a, an example of Hebrew poetry amplifying the second phrase by, with, uh, from the first. Um, as we continue on, but as for me, I installed my king upon Mount Zion, my holy hill. I, I have a consecrated and set apart my king. Mm. And look at Psalm 48, 1-2. Great is the Lord in the city of our God. His holy mountain is beautiful. Joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, the city of the great king. And Brenda, you know, uh, one of the delights of our life is having traveled to Israel yeah. over 30 times and le leading groups there. And even as I talk about Mount Zion and, and my holy mountain, um, it just reminds me of that day when we start on the Mount of Olives. Yeah, we look over across. And we look over great, across, isn't it? Yeah. And we look at the Eastern Gate or the Golden Gate. And it's now, um, it now has reinforcing bar and concrete closing it up so that you can't go through. But it's interesting, even as we stand there on the Mount of Olives and look over at Mount Zion, we're reminded that 
In the book of Acts, Jesus departed from the Mount of Olives, and he says, I'm going to come back to the Mount of Olives, and yet not this time a babe in a manger, but as King of kings and Lord of lords, as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. That's the king who mm-hmm. sits upon yeah. Zion, that, yeah. and someday he will literally sit upon there. Yeah, and even as you speak those words, Walt, it it takes me back to, you're right, just standing there on the Mount of Olives and looking across and wondering when he returns, what what will that be like? And he will be the king. He will officially take that place. Well, when we consider the Lord's response as the people plot and scheme against him, we should be fearful of his anger. As Walt said, It there's that amplification there in the Hebrew poetry that, yes, it's anger, but it becomes fury. There's a rage and a passion there. And yet the Lord draws our attention there in verse 6 to the king. He has inst- uh, installed him in Zion. And the next three verses give us more details about this king. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. And here the Lord declares of his son that he will give him an inheritance. He will give him a possession. Um, I will announce the decree of the Lord. And he said to me, you are my son. Today I have fathered you. I love in in Luke chapter 1, verse 32, um, it says this about Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. And I love that psalm reminding us that that the son will be great. Yes, he's a babe here. That's what um, Luke is recording. But there will be a time when he will no longer be the babe in the manger. And even in in Psalm 2, verse 8, Ask of me, and I will certainly give the nations as your inheritance. And this just reminds me of Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, when Satan showed Jesus the kingdoms of the world, and he said, All these I will give to you. And that happened in the Judean wilderness, right? In the Judean right? wilderness, which I just love the Judean wilderness. You know, one of the struggles I have is I'll say often, <laughs> this is my favorite place in Israel. And then I'll, I'll get to another one. This is one of my favorite places in Israel. Well, you Israel. know, I just say, well, when I'm up north, I like this. And when I'm down south, I like this. Yeah, I got I to do that. I got to pick a favorite place in, in a local vicinity. But I, I, just even this whole idea of, Satan just challenging because he's the God of this age. And and he has authority here on earth because of the rebellion of mankind and because of the fall. And Satan is bringing a shortcut before mm. Jesus to tempt him. And God has already promised this to Jesus in his time according to his plan. But Satan presents, hey, you can have this all now and you don't have to suffer and die on the cross. Mm. And that's not just a shortcut. That's a temptation that Jesus resists and never moves into. And then finally in Psalm um, 2, verse 9, you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. And this rod of iron in the hand of a righteous God, Hmm. it shatters rebels. Um, I love in Revelation chapter 2 where it says these words of the Son of God. And he, the Son, shall rule over them with a rod of iron. 
as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces, as I also have received authority from my Father. Uh, There is coming a day when God, the Lord Almighty, will come and he will shatter these rebellious nations and all who rebel against him. Um, The day will come when those who are haughty will be humbled and the Lord will rule over all the nations. And this is the Son of the Most High, Jesus, the Messiah. He will be given the nations for his inheritance and he will rule over. These verses could actually leave us with a sense of despair if we stopped right there. But the final verses, verses 10 through 12, are going to begin with the word therefore, and that points to a cause-effect relationship between verses 7 to 9 and then verses 10 to 12. So follow me as I read. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment, take warning, O judges of the earth, worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son that he not become angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. And this um, imploring the people, listen, you need to serve the Lord, but not only do you need to serve the Lord and obey the Lord, you can then take refuge in him. You kings, use insight. Let yourself be instructed, you judges of the earth. Now, therefore, the kings and the judges, um, they need to be instructed and, and they need to seek the wisdom and the instruction of the Lord, but they aren't. And then the, the verses continue with verse 11, serve the Lord with reverence, rejoice with trembling. All the leaders are, are implored to worship the Lord. And he, as the king and the judges, um, they're advised, seek the Lord, serve the Lord, turn to him in worship. And then finally, I love this phrase in verse 12, kiss the son that he might be angry with you and you perish on the way. For his wrath may be kindled quickly. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. This idea of kissing or paying homage or showing loyalty and affection to the Son reminds us that, that all who love the Son love the Father. And, and they are not re- rebels. They, they are willing worshipers. And that's what I want to be. That's what you should want to be. And even as I look back at Psalm 2, verse 2, where he's identified as the anointed one. This is the Hebrew word for Messiah or Hamashiach, um, the anointed one, the Messiah, the king. Um, this is the individual. His wrath is not spiteful, but it's holy and just and righteous. And when his anger is kindled, it will be kindled at just the right time, and then God will set all that is broken right. How blessed are those who take refuge in him. The verses in this chapter, once again, are just so rich, but yet we're faced with a choice. How will we walk each day? Yeah. Will I seek the Lord's insight, his wisdom, his guidance? That's what we pointed out earlier here in verses 10 and 11. Will I serve the Lord with a heart of worship and show reverence for who he is as the anointed one? the Son of God? 
Well, what are some other applications that we should consider from today's psalm? Well, I, I like to ask myself these questions. Um, am I restless? Do I spend time plotting and scheming? Even as I say that, I'm just convicted because there are times I, I, I do that. We were talking earlier today about dreams, and sometimes my dreams are selfish. But the, the Word of God is challenging us. No, no. Listen to the Lord's dreams. And, and, and we should take time to identify our own fears and struggles, those anxious thoughts, and ask ourselves, have I brought these before the Lord, and have I claimed Him as my refuge? And then finally, those who take refuge in Him are blessed. Upon this truth, when I consider all that has happened in the world over the last 18 months, a COVID pandemic, government and political issues and unrest, um, and not only in our nation, seemingly across the world, uh, civil unrest, financial markets in turmoil, um, immigration, religious freedom, and, and so many others. What's my response? And when I'm walking in the flesh, I'm wringing my hands and I'm worrying, but when I'm walking with the Lord, I'm folding my hands in prayer. That's a very thoughtful sum summary question. What am I doing with my hands? Am I wringing them in worry? Am I thinking I've got to fix this? I have to plot and scheme? Or am I coming before the Lord and praying, lifting these up to Him, knowing that He ultimately can take care of every situation? Well, we've looked at the first two Psalms together, and these serve as the introduction for the entire book of Psalms. Remember, Walt said earlier today that Psalm 1 addresses the worship for the individual person, how he will walk, where he will stand and sit that he will delight and meditate. Psalm 2 reveals worship on the corporate level, the nations raging against the Lord and plotting to break away from him. And when we consider these two psalms together, how blessed is the man who does not walk, does not stand, does not sit, but his delight is in the law. And then the bookend from Psalm 212 says, how blessed are all who take refuge in him. The blessed man, the blessed woman will delight and meditate in God's word and they will take refuge in him. Until next time, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.